the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God. to keep me safe. your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. And Jesus spake a parable to certain people who trusted in themselves for salvation, considering themselves righteous despising all other people. Mother, why does father 
father go to the temple and pray so often? Oh, your father is a good man, my dear. Oh, I know that, but why does he go to the temple and pray? Can't he pray right here at home? Or won't God hear him from here? Oh, he must go to the temple, dear, so he can be seen by other people. Can't other people pray for themselves? Oh, yes, of course, dear, but, well, we're Pharisees. We must be examples to other people. Yes, I know we're Pharisees. The girl down the street's always making fun of me and calling me a Pharisee. She's a Sadducee, so don't you pay any attention to her. What's the difference between Pharisees and Sadducees? Oh, we're just not at all the same. We're all Israelites, aren't we? Yes, dear. Then why are we different? Well, I'll try to explain if you'll listen. I will, Mother. I want to know. Well, the difference, of course, is in our religion. We Pharisees believe God watches over us and cares what we do. He does, doesn't he? Oh, yes, very carefully. That's why we must do exactly as he has ordered. God is very strict about that, and he'll punish us for the tiniest disobedience. How do we know what God wants us to do? Well, my dear, that's one of the most important lessons that we must learn. By two ways. The law of Moses and the tradition of the elders. There's no other way to salvation. And that's why your father goes to the temple to pray. To let others know that we are saved. That our way is right. All other ways are wrong, my dear. In fact, we despise all other ways and people. And what does that girl believe? The Sadducees? Oh, they believe in nothing, really. Oh, they hardly believe in a god. They picture him as paying little attention to men and taking little interest in their affairs. How do they know what's good and what's bad? Oh, they don't. They do as the world does. But we don't. We do as God wants. That's why we're better than they are. And why we look down upon everyone else as not being worthy of a second thought. So that's why Father goes to the temple and stands where everyone can see him and hear him pray. So everyone will know that we're better than they are. I have a good father. I stand before thee, O God, in righteousness and holiness. O God, art thou not thankful that a perfect Pharisee like me comes before thee to worship? I am incomparably superior to the common people. I have many virtues, O God. For these I am thankful, and also I am sure they endear me to thyself. I am grateful that by myself and my own willpower and strength I have kept strictly within the letter of the law. Unlike other men, I am not an extortioner, unjust, adulterer, or as low and evil as the publican. I have many other things to my credit, O God. I fast twice each week. I pay tithe, O Lord, more tithe than the Mosaic law requires. Credit this to my account, O God, and I shall continue to pay tithe on those things that I myself, by my own hard labor, acquired. I stand before thee, O God, a Pharisee, perfect in all things. Father, why do those other children call me that publican? Because uh, I am a tax collector, my son. 
a publican. But they make fun of me. Why? Son, I, uh, I guess they have the right to. Why, Father? Why? Because I am a publican. Are publicans bad? Uh, people think so. Well, I don't. I think you're the best father in the whole wide world. And I love Mother, too. <laughs> it isn't what we are, son, that people hate about us. It's what we do. What do we do? I... <laughs> I'm a tax collector. Why would they hate us for that? Someone has to collect taxes, don't they? Yes, but... Well, we, we collect more than we have to. Oh, well, stop then, and people won't hate us. <laughs> I... I can't stop. You just said you collect more than you have to. I do, yet I don't. I mean, it's, it's the system. The chief tax collector here pays Rome a certain amount for the privilege of collecting taxes. He sends Rome that much. Well, he can't collect for nothing. He has to live. So he collects more than he sends to Rome. I don't see anything wrong with that. People call it extortion, stealing. Is this stealing? Really stealing, Father? Well, uh, it, it goes much deeper than that, son. I collect two kinds of taxes. So much per person and so much per lot of ground. Both kinds are offensive to the Israelites. One, because they think it shows enslavement to Rome. The other, because they consider that this land belongs to God, not Rome. Well, I don't see why they should hate us so much for that. No, son. They are right. We are pretty low. I am an Israelite, and I collect from the Israelites to give to Rome. And also to put in my own pocket. Why don't you stop being a publican? It's no use to. Well, the Israelites would never forget. They would never accept me as one of them, nor forgive me. Oh, God? Well, I'm... I'm not sure, but I hope so. Have you ever asked him? Uh, of course, son, but I... I'm so sinful and unworthy that God could never hear my prayers as he does the Pharisees. Have you ever tried it? Standing up there by the temple like they do and praying real loud? God can't help but hear you. Oh, no, 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 son. I could never do that. I'm not worthy. When I pray, I stand far off. Oh, God, have mercy upon me, for I am not worthy even to lift my eyes heavenward. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Stand at the door and knock, knock, knock Behold, behold 
Behold, behold, I stand at the door and I 
you all for being on time for this week's Kids Bible Club. As you remember, I asked you to choose a favorite Bible text to memorize and share with a group and tell me why you like that particular passage. Rhiannon, how about you? I see you've got your finger on a text. It's not a very big one. Well, that's okay. In Scripture, every word counts. Well, all right. My favorite text is John eleven thirty-five. It says, Jesus wept. Uh, no wonder she chose that one. Just two words. That's not why I chose it. Okay, okay. Don't get upset, Rhiannon. I'm sure Henry and the rest of us would like to know why that particular text is important to you. It's just that sometimes I cry too. Like when my daddy died, I cried all the time. I couldn't stop. I just kept thinking about him and thinking about him. And it made me so lonely. People would come to the house and try to cheer me up, but I kept being sad. Then I remembered what you said in church about how we're supposed to find comfort in the Bible. Well, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know where to look. So I just started reading, and I found this story about when Jesus' friend, Lazarus, died, and Jesus went to visit Lazarus' sisters. And when he saw them crying, he started crying too. He just cried. Jesus wept. I guess I needed someone to cry with me for a while. That's why the text is my favorite. When I read it, I know that Jesus understands what I'm going through. He really, really understands. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. you've joined me today for another story just for you. Day the Sheep Came Through, as told to Lilith Sanford Rushing. Any time now the sheep herds will come through, Papa announced one spring morning at breakfast. Seeing the sheepmen and their dogs drive the herds through town on their way to market will be something you'll never forget. His eyes turned my way. Jenny, aren't you excited? No, I wasn't. I had a heavy burden in my heart. It had been there ever since Laura French had joined our school about six weeks before. Jenny's always grouchy these days, complained my older brother Joey. She won't even play catch with me anymore. I felt my mother's eyes on me and I looked down at my plate. I had told her about the worry gnawing inside me. That Laura French, her cruel tongue was as painful as a bee sting. She would join me every morning on the way to school and then my humiliation would begin. 
Laura was the prettiest girl in our school. She was about a year and a half older than the rest of us, but she was always pale and headachy and could never take part in the strenuous games. For some reason, she detested me, and because Laura was popular, the other girls shunned me too. We finished breakfast, and I dressed for school. As my mother braided my hair, she said, I know it's hard, but ask God to help you. He never fails. And Jenny, did you ever ask yourself whether you might be doing something to make Laura treat you the way she does? You know the Bible says, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Turn the other cheek. Oh, mother, I've tried and tried. I can't understand why she torments me. I've never done a bad thing to her. Come on, Jenny, we'll be late, came my brother's voice. I wish I didn't have to go, I said weakly. But soon I was on the way to school. Near the big bridge that spanned the Concho River, Laura and her brother Grant joined us. Then Joey and Grant left to go to the junior high school. The moment we started walking across the long bridge, Laura's tongue lashed out. You ugly country girl with all your freckles and your skinny legs, what do you think you'll learn at school today? Her blue eyes blazed. I struggled to say something in reply, but I could not. I had freckles and long, wiry legs, and I knew it. Why don't you speak up? Laura went on. You're as awkward as a kangaroo. She began walking briskly across the bridge. The bridge had a wooden ledge about a foot wide running the length of it near the height of my shoulders. When I had first met Laura, I had climbed onto this ledge and walked along it, showing her how brave and strong I was. Was this where her hatred for me had begun? We finally arrived at school, and Miss Woolworth began our geography lesson. But my mind wouldn't settle on the lesson. I suddenly remembered that the merchants in town had been putting away the boxes of produce they usually set out on the sidewalk for display. Did that mean the sheep were coming through? Would I miss the excitement? Jenny Price, why are you sitting there daydreaming? In what country is Calcutta? Miss Woolworth's voice startled me. I stammered, Calcutta? Why, it's in Russia. Everyone laughed. I sank low in my seat, flooded with humiliation. Laura leaned across the aisle and whispered loudly, Numbskull? Dumbbell? I wanted to cry, but I couldn't. Then the devil must have moved in my being. I began to plot a way to get back at Laura. How could I hurt her as much as she had hurt me? I cast aside all the wise words our Bible has for our conduct. I forgot that I had one friend even when all the world was against me. I revived somewhat when the teacher said, Jenny, please go to the blackboard and work out the example in division. You are the only pupil who seems to understand how to divide fractions. But at recess, my misery returned tenfold. I don't know how Laura ever managed it, but I found that she had written the word kangaroo in large letters on the back of my white blouse. The others laughed as if their sides would split. After crying a while in the library behind a book rack, I took off the blouse and turned it inside out. It looked odd, but it was better than it had been. The rest of the day, the other students were dying to laugh at my funny-looking blouse, but they dared not do it in the schoolroom. The only thing that kept me from despair was my new determination. I was going to get even with Laura French. School let out early, and in the hurry I lost sight of Laura. Going down the crowded schoolhouse stairs, I noticed the amusement in the eyes of my classmates. You won't find Laura, a tall boy told me. She was feeling sick and hurried home. I glared at him and went on. 
Then I remembered that there was a big stick lying near the edge of the playground. I snatched it up and ran to the street. I would beat Laura's legs and arms. I would hit her hard all over her body. I would pull out most of that beautiful hair. I took a shortcut to the bridge knowing that Laura had to cross it. As I ran past a store, a man standing in front said to me, Little girl, get out of the street. The sheep are coming through. You'll be trampled. They won't trample a tall girl like her, someone replied. I rushed on but suddenly paused. The sheep, they had probably entered the outskirts of town already. And when the herds got to the bridge, would Laura be there? Laura with her pale face and weak body? I dropped the stick. Laura would be helpless, frightened like a kitten. I wasn't afraid for myself. I was strong enough to jump out of the way and run, but not Laura. Dear God, I tried to pray, Dear God, forgive me for letting myself be taken over by evil. Why did I do it? Please forgive me. I began to run as I had never run before. Voices called after me, telling me to get out of the streets, but I didn't heed them. Finally, the bridge loomed before me. I ran onto it, straining my eyes for Laura. I could hear the short-clipped barking of sheepdogs. Was that thick thudding the sound of sheep walking onto the bridge? Yes, I could see the gray horde at the other end. Where was Laura? Finally, I spotted her, a small knot huddled against the railing near the center. I raced on, screaming till I thought my lungs would burst. Laura, climb! Climb to the ledge! The little bundle didn't move. I reached her where she half-squatted, a frozen ball of fear. Climb to the ledge, I cried. Reach high and put your hands on the support rods. She made no move. I snatched at her hands, placed them on a steel rod, and began pushing, lifting Laura up. She revived a bit and helped herself at last. After some panicking moments, I got her onto the ledge and quickly pulled myself up after her. I held her there by placing my arms on the rods with Laura between them. The sheep were now crowding over the floor of the bridge. There were stout old rams that might have harmed Laura when they found her in their path. There were others that could have trampled her. As the sheep passed below us, hardly six feet away, I felt Laura's body relaxing. She began to cry. Oh, Jenny, she sobbed, I've been so mean to you, so very, very mean. Just look at the sheep, Laura, I said. We'll never have as good a chance to see them go through as we have this minute. But Laura kept on. But Laura kept on. Jenny, I'm so sorry. The day you climbed up to this ledge and I knew I couldn't, I was jealous. And when you were so strong and so good in games and so smart in math, I couldn't stand it. I was sick two long years and couldn't play. I got behind my class. I failed twice in math. I hated you, Jenny. But I don't now. Please, please, can you understand? Yes, Laura, I said, I understand. I felt light and happy again. Laura said, Jenny, we can be friends, can't we? Yes, yes, I said, we can. But look at the sheep. Don't look on this other side down to the water, though. The water was deep and dark down there, but I wasn't afraid to look at it. I had just conquered water so much deeper, so much darker and more dangerous that ordinary water could not frighten me. story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. 
If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.